Open thou my lips, and my mouth shall show forth thy praise. Make haste, O God, to deliver me. Make haste to help me, O Lord. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Alleluia. The Lord, the King of all that confess him, O come, let us worship him. O come, let us sing unto the Lord. Let us make a joyful noise to the rock of our salvation. Let us come before his presence with thanksgiving, and make a joyful noise unto him with psalms. For the Lord is a great God, and a great King above all gods. In his hand are the deep places of the earth. The strength of the hills is his also. It is his, and he made it, and his hands formed the dry land. Oh, come, let us worship and bow down. Let us kneel before the Lord our Maker. For He is our God, and we are the people of His pasture and the sheep of His hand. Glory be to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Ghost. As it was in the beginning, Never shall be world without end. Amen. The Lord, the King of all that confess him, O come, let us worship him.
These are they which came out of the great tribulation, and have washed their robes, and made them white in the blood of the Lamb. In thee, O Lord, do I put my trust. Let me never be ashamed. Deliver me in thy righteousness. For thou art my rock and my fortress. Therefore, for thy name's sake, lead me and guide me. Into thine hand I commit my spirit. Thou hast redeemed me, O Lord God of truth. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. These are they which came out of the great tribulation, and have washed their robes, and made them white in the blood of the Lamb. The first lesson for the Feast of All Hallows is written in the seventh chapter of the Revelation to St. John, beginning at the second verse. I saw another angel ascend from the sunrise, having the seal of the living God. He cried out with a loud voice to the four angels to whom it was given to harm the earth and the sea, saying, Don't harm the earth, the sea, or the trees, until we have sealed the bondservants of our God on their foreheads. I heard the number of those who were sealed, 144,000, sealed out of every tribe of the children of Israel. Of the tribe of Judah, 12,000 were sealed. Of the tribe of Reuben, 12,000. Of the tribe of Gad, 12,000. Of the tribe of Asher, 12,000. Of the tribe of Naphtali, 12,000. Of the tribe of Manasseh, 12,000. Of the tribe of Simeon, 12,000. Of the tribe of Levi, 12,000. Of the tribe of Issachar, 12,000. Of the tribe of Zebulun, 12,000. Of the tribe of Joseph, 12,000. And of the tribe of Benjamin, 12,000 were sealed. After these things I looked, and behold, a great multitude, which no man could count, out of every nation, and of all tribes, peoples, and languages, standing before the throne and before the Lamb, dressed in white robes, with palm branches in their hands. They cried with a loud voice, saying, Salvation be to our God, who sits on the throne, and to the Lamb. All the angels were standing around the throne, the elders, and the four living creatures, and they fell on their faces before his throne, and worshipped God, saying, Amen. Blessing, glory, wisdom, thanksgiving, honor, power, and might be to our God for ever and ever. Amen. One of the elders answered, saying to me, These who are arrayed in the white robes, who are they, and where did they come from? I told him, My Lord, you know. He said to me, These are those who came out of the great tribulation. They washed their robes and made them white in the Lamb's blood. Therefore they are before the throne of God. They serve him day and night in his temple. He who sits on the throne will spread his tabernacle over them. They will never be hungry or thirsty any more. The sun won't beat on them, nor any heat. For the Lamb who is in the middle of the throne shepherds them and leads them to springs of life-giving waters. And God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. O Lord, have mercy upon us. Thanks be to God. The epistle is written in the third chapter of the first epistle of St. John, beginning at the first verse. Brothers, see how great a love the Father has given to us, that we should be called children of God. 
For this cause the world doesn't know us, because it didn't know him. Beloved, now we are children of God. It is not yet revealed what we will be, but we know that when he is revealed, we will be like him, for we will see him just as he is. Everyone who has this hope set on him purifies himself, even as he is pure. O Lord, have mercy upon us. Thanks be to God.
are they which came out of the great tribulation, and have washed their robes and made them white in the blood of the Lamb. Blessed is the man whose strength is in thee, in whose heart are the ways of Zion. Alleluia, alleluia, alleluia. Alleluia, wherefore seen we are compassed about with a great cloud of witnesses. Let us look unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. Alleluia. The Holy Gospel is according to St. Matthew, the fifth chapter. Glory be to thee, O Lord. Seeing the multitudes, Jesus went up onto the mountain. When he had sat down, his disciples came to him. He opened his mouth and taught them, saying, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. Blessed are the gentle, for they shall inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall obtain mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called children of God. Blessed are those who have been persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when people reproach you, persecute you, and say all kinds of evil against you falsely for my sake. Rejoice and be exceedingly glad, for great is your reward in heaven, for that is how they persecuted the prophets who were before you. Here ends the gospel. Praise be to thee, O Christ. At midnight there was a cry, Behold, the bridegroom cometh, go ye out to meet him. Trim your lamps, O ye wise virgins. Behold, the bridegroom cometh, go ye out to meet him. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost. Behold, the bridegroom cometh, go ye out to meet him. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. You may be seated. Every week, on the front of our bulletins, we proclaim that we are a traditional, liturgical, biblical congregation. Now, a few weeks back, I had a sermon where I asked you, why are you here, coming every Sunday? And today, as we are here, perhaps we should follow that up by asking, why are we who we are. Traditional, liturgical, biblical. Every Sunday morning, why do we do what we do? After all, we do have our critics, critics who critique us for being traditional and liturgical. Even within our own LCMS circles, there are those critics. And the critiques are nothing new. You've probably heard them before. Critiques that say people are different today. That the old traditions we practice every Sunday don't meet the needs of modern man. Or that what we do is boring, old, stuffy, too high church. That all it does, all these old traditions do, is confuse visitors who are otherwise unchurched. That instead what we need is something new, something exciting, something that will get people's hands up in praise, something that will attract seekers. 
Out with the old liturgy, they'll say. In with something new, something contemporary, something visitors can come in from off the street, hear and make sense of right away. Those are the critiques. Why do we do what we do? Why not worship in a new, more exciting, contemporary way that people from off the street can understand in an instant? If you notice in the epistle, St. John gives an interesting answer. I don't know if he's addressing this question specifically, but what he says addresses this nonetheless. He says, The reason why the world does not know us, the children, is that they do not know him. The Father. The world doesn't know you. And those of the world, those you live by, live side by side with day by day, neighbors, co-workers, classmates, maybe even some family. John says if they are of the world, they don't know you. The world doesn't know us, he says, because the world does not know the Father. That is to say, the world doesn't know the heart of the Father. It actually hates the Father. And blinded by hatred, the world can't see or know or comprehend that the Father loves the world. So much so that He gave up His only Son. The world sees a dead man on the cross. It doesn't know that on the cross is actually the Son of God incarnate lifted up high to reveal the eternal heart of God to all. The world doesn't know that the hands that were pierced on this cross is a revelation of divine mercy. It doesn't know that the bloodshed here on this cross is the Father's very salvation for us, for the world He loves. The world hears how our Lord breathed His last and gave up the ghost. And the world sees it as defeat. But what it doesn't know is that this is the image of victory. The world sees a pierced side and thinks it's a mere wound, but that pierced side is actually the very gates of heaven flung open for us. The world thinks it knows love. The world will say love is love, but they don't know that love is actually shown and defined to perfection here in the image of Christ crucified. The world doesn't know the victory and salvation of Christ crucified. It doesn't know the Father. And so it doesn't know us. It doesn't know you. Our critics will say that what we do, that our worship needs to be exciting or contemporary. It needs to entertain. It needs to be something that the world can understand. But what our critics fail to see. And what can become our temptation to add in things of the world into worship. What is short-sighted in that, in, that, in that temptation? What's not seen is that the wisdom, is the wisdom spoken by St. John here. If the world does not know us and does not know the Son and does not know the Father, then there is no way that they will know what we do here every Sunday. No change, no added excitement, no entertainment will clear up the confusion of what is happening here every Sunday if they don't know the Father. They'll never understand why we meet in small groups of 50 or 60 or 70, whatever we have every Sunday. 
They'll never understand why we revere reading from an ancient book or why we eat and drink bread and wine and call it flesh and blood. They don't understand any of this. They won't understand any of this because they don't know us. Therefore, being in the world and not of it, we come here every Sunday and we proudly proclaim who we are. We're a traditional, liturgical, biblical congregation. It's on our bulletin. It's on our website. So we proclaim it proudly. But so far in this sermon, we haven't fully answered those questions. Why are we are who we are? Why do we do what we do? We answered who we are not, but not who we are. And St. John answers those questions in this way. We are those who know the Father. We are God's children now. But you might be asking still, why are we traditional, tradi liturgical, biblical? We didn't hear it this morning, but there's one verse that pops up sometimes on this day. It's from the writers of the Hebrews. The writers of the Hebrews tells us we are surrounded by a great cloud of witnesses. Our collect says the same thing in different words. It says, O Almighty God who has knit us together, your elect, into one communion and fellowship in the mystical body of your Son, Jesus Christ our Lord. Understand what's being said here. We baptize that Christ the King come and worship every Sunday with 50 or 60 or 70 others. There are times where it may feel like we come to worship with a very small group, especially compared to some larger churches. That's what we're tempted to think. We're just a small group worshiping here. And that's what the world sees and knows, but that's not true. You are the baptized. You are God's elect. In the waters, you have been united to the death and resurrection of Christ. You have been united to His flesh with all the other saints. You are a single thread being knit together with all the other baptized into one mystical body of Christ. You are one, one thread, one saint being knit together with all the other saints of all times and all places. <coughs> So you come here today, not part of a small church body. You come here a member of the entire mystical body of Christ. When we come to worship, we are surrounded by a great cloud of witnesses which the world doesn't know. But in baptism, you are intimately connected with all these saints in one fellowship, one communion, one family of God. You're part of something much larger than what the naked eye can see. And all saints, we can sometimes get nervous about speaking of tradition and saints because of the abuses of the past, but we shouldn't. In fact, what we prayed in the collect, we should pray boldly. We prayed to God in the collect, grant us grace to follow your blessed saints in all virtuous and godly living. In other words, we're praying to God, hold up the stories of your saints. Hold up the stories of those great cloud of witnesses before us so we may follow their example. We don't want to pray to the saints. We're praying, Lord, may we follow in their footsteps. 
If we celebrate the saints today, why shouldn't we also look to their examples? Consider afterwards the lives of those great clouds of witnesses, such as Martin Luther that you heard about last week. He knew his sin was great. He grieved his sin daily. He came to God poor of spirit, claiming nothing of his own. And yet through him, God shone the light and beauty of his gospel that the church so desperately needed. And now Luther has been given the kingdom of heaven. Or consider, amidst all these saints, dear Saint Monica. She was married to a pagan in the early church, a pagan who refused to let her baptize her children. Saint Monica saw her son grow up and reject the faith. He instead followed the ways of pagans and philosophers. She mourned every night, weeping for her son, praying to God that he might deliver her son to the faith and save him. Every night, for years, for decades, she soaked her bed with tears and prayer. She, you heard the words of Christ, those who mourn, she is the one who mourned. So imagine her comfort the day she saw her son Augustine baptized, or the day she saw him ordained. Or the day that he was recognized as a great theologian in the church. Imagine her comfort now in heaven among the saints with her dear son by her side, praising the Father together for eternity. Or consider St. Nicholas of Myrna, St. Nick as you know him, whose mercy was so great that he took gold and money from the treasury of the church and gave it to one of the poorest fathers in his congregation who was widowed, who had three daughters. And because the poor father had no money for their dowries, in order for the daughters to survive, they would have needed to be sold into slavery or prostitution. But because of St. Nicholas's mercy, as he hid the gold through a window at night into the family's home, just threw it in, because of his mercy, the father could care for his daughters those daughters were married and saved from terrible lives. They remained in the church. Now imagine the mercy, not just that St. Nick showed, but that he now receives before the face of the Father in heaven. Or consider another saint. You may not have heard of him. St. Polycarp. He served as a pastor faithfully all his days, well into his elderly years. But in the final days of his life, he was hunted down like a criminal, brought into an arena full of pagans, and then was commanded by the rulers to recant the faith or die. He was persecuted. He was reviled. As he stood there but in the arena, he was slandered. And his only response was, in effect, I am Christian. And he was then put to death before cheering crowds. The saints who saw him put to death that day report that as he died, he claimed to see the face of his Savior. To Polycarp and all martyrs belong the kingdom of heaven. Consider finally in that great cloud of witnesses all the saints from your lives, fathers and mothers, Husbands and wives, brothers and sisters, 
sons and daughters, families and friends, those who taught us the faith, who showed us how to live in the faith, who now rest in hope, great is their reward. Why are we who we are and what, why do we do what we do every Sunday? And these are the great cloud of witnesses that surround us. The great example set before us as we answer those questions. Look at our liturgy, what we use every Sunday. You can look at different parts of it. The confession of sins that we confess. That's what these saints confessed. And nearly the same words, maybe different languages, but the same words. The Kyrie that we pray, the Gloria that we sing, the collects that we pray, the scriptures we hear, the creeds we confess, the tithes we tithe, the prayer of the church that we pray every Sunday. They were all said and sung or chanted. They were all heard and practiced by these saints of old who came before us. They handed it down to us because that's what tradition is the handing down of treasures from one generation to another. And here we have the treasure of the Scriptures, of the service. This is the virtuous and godly living of the saints which we prayed for in our collect. But we don't pray or worship in this way because the saints somehow made themselves some sort of extra-holy supermen by these words, by these services, by their examples. We pray this to follow in their footsteps because we see what God did in their lives. We see how God led their lives in Christ. And that's what we want God to do for us as well. We want to follow their examples because we want God to do in our lives what He did in their lives. To give us the faith, strengthen us in the faith, to help us endure. We share one baptism with Christ and all the saints, becoming with them members of the same body. We worship as the saints did in order to receive from Christ the same grace and forgiveness and mercy and life which they did, which they received. We hear the same word which they heard so God can form us as He formed them. We commune at the same communion that they still partake of now because we are one body with them in Christ who is the founder and perfecter of the same faith we all share. You see the saints and their examples, they don't point to themselves, they point to Christ. Their footsteps lead to Christ who led them himself. Why are we are who we are? Because we, with all the saints who were baptized, have been baptized into the same mystical body of Christ. Why do we do what we do every Sunday? Because of who we are. Because of what we have received from Christ. And what we received from Christ through these great cloud of witnesses. Because of what we want to hand down to the next generation after us because we partake of the same communion with all the saints of all times and all places in Christ. We follow the examples of the saints set before us and we commune with them. The saints were those who were once poor in spirit and mourn and so on as Christ goes on in the Beatitudes. 
And that is us now. But the saints are no longer the ones poor in spirit or more. They're the ones in heaven. And that's where we want to be. In the kingdom. In the church triumphant. In comfort. In satisfaction. In the Lord's mercy. We are traditional, liturgical, biblical. Because we know the Son. And because we know the Son, we know the Father. And because we know Him, we know the saints, our brothers and sisters. Because we follow the saints in their examples. We follow them so we may receive what they receive from Christ crucified. Grace, mercy, forgiveness, life eternally, and even more, the power to endure over years to the end. Because we want to be where they are now, in unspeakable joys with God the Father that has prepared all this for those who unfeignedly love Him. So then today, let us commune with Jean and Elvira and all the saints of heaven, following in the faithful traditions that they handed down to us, purifying ourselves in hope, in forgiveness. Let us do that today. Then tomorrow, may we join them in eternal bliss to rise with them on the day of resurrection where we will all be like Christ together. Amen.
upon thee to deliver me when didst humble thyself to be born of a virgin when thou hadst overcome the sharpness of death thou didst open the kingdom of heaven to all believers thou sittest at the right hand of God mercy upon us. O Christ, have mercy upon us. O Lord, have mercy upon us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. O Almighty God, who has knit together your elect in one communion and fellowship in the mystical body of your Son, Jesus Christ our Lord, grant us grace to so follow your blessed saints in all virtuous and godly living, that we may come to the unspeakable joys which you have prepared for those who unfeignedly love you. Through the same Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, ever one God, world without end. Amen. Almighty and most merciful God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, we give you thanks for all your goodness and tender mercies, especially for the gift of your dear Son and for the revelation of your will and grace. And we beseech you, so to implant your word in us that, in good and honest hearts, we may keep it 
and bring forth the fruits of faith by patient continuance and well-doing. Most heartily, we beseech you so to rule and govern your church Catholic, with all her pastors and ministers, that we may be preserved in the pure doctrine of your saving word, whereby faith toward you may be strengthened, love and charity increased in us toward all mankind, and your kingdom extended. Send forth laborers into your harvest, and sustain those whom you have sent, that the word of reconciliation may be proclaimed to all people, and the gospel preached in all the world. Grant health and prosperity to all who are in authority, especially to Joseph, our President, the Congress of these United States, Kim, our Governor, the Legislature of this State, and to all our judges and magistrates, and endue them with grace to rule after your good pleasure, to the maintenance of righteousness, and to the hindrance and punishment of wickedness, that we may lead a quiet and peaceable life in all godliness and honesty. May it please you also to turn the hearts of our enemies and adversaries, that they may cease their enmity and hostilities, and be inclined to walk with us in meekness and in peace. All who are in trouble, want, sickness, anguish of labor, peril of death, or any other adversity, especially those who are in suffering for your name's sake, comfort, O God, with your Holy Spirit, that they may receive and acknowledge their afflictions as the manifestation of your fatherly will. Especially do we pray for those that we name in our hearts at this time. Although we have deserved your righteous wrath and manifold punishments, yet we entreat you, O most merciful Father, remember not the sins of our youth nor our many transgressions, but out of your unspeakable goodness, grace, and mercy, defend us from all harm and danger of body and soul. Preserve us from false and pernicious doctrine, from war and bloodshed, from plague and pestilence, from all calamity by fire and water, from hail and tempest, from failure of harvest and from famine, from anguish of heart and despair of your mercy, and from an evil death. And in every time of trouble, show yourself a very present help, the Savior of all men, and especially of them that believe. Cause all needed fruits of the earth to prosper, that we may enjoy them in due season. Give success to the Christian training of the young, to all lawful occupations on land, sea, and air, and to all pure arts and useful knowledge, and crown them with your blessing. Receive, O God, our bodies and souls and all our talents, together with the offerings we bring before you. For by his blood your Son has purchased us to be your own, that we may live under him in his kingdom. As we are strangers and pilgrims on earth, Help us by true faith and a godly life to prepare for the world to come, doing the work you have given us to do while it is day, before the night comes when no one can work. And when our last hour shall come, support us by your power and receive us into your everlasting kingdom. O Lord, our Heavenly Father, almighty and everlasting God, who has safely brought us to the beginning of this day, Defend us in the same with thy mighty power, and grant that this day we fall into no sin, neither run into any kind of danger, but that all our doings, being ordered by thy governance, may be righteous in thy sight. Through Jesus Christ, thy Son, our Lord, 
who liveth and reigneth with thee and the Holy Ghost, ever one God, world without end. Amen. Let my mouth be filled with thy praise and with thy honor all the day. O Lord, our Heavenly Father, almighty and everlasting God, who has safely brought us to the beginning of this day, defend us in the same with thy mighty power, and grant that this day we fall into no sin, neither run into any kind of danger, but that all our doings, being ordered by thy governance, may be righteous in thy sight. Through the same Jesus Christ, thy Son, our Lord, who liveth and reigneth with thee and the Holy Ghost, ever one God, world without end. Amen. We give thanks unto thee, Heavenly Father, through Jesus Christ, thy dear Son, that thou hast protected us through the night from all danger and harm. And we beseech thee to preserve and keep us this day also from all sin and evil, that in all our thoughts, words, and deeds we may serve and please thee. Into thy hands we commend our bodies and our souls and all that is ours. Let thy holy angel have charge concerning us, that the wicked one have no power over us. Amen. Hear my prayer, O Lord, and let my cry come unto thee. Bless we the Lord. Thanks be to God. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, and the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit, be with us all. Amen.